Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by ELEC 25 We are thrilled to join you on WWDB 860 AM and the 97.5 Network, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, are you prepared? For? All that is to come. Well, it says we're on air. So. It does say we're so, on air. Are you prepared? Then I must be prepared. Are you ready to talk? Yep. You want to start with a little soccer talk? Uh, we definitely should talk with soccer talk. All right. Why don't we not waste any time? Let's let's bring on our guest. We've got union midfielder Leon Flock joining us. Leon, thanks. You've got a few days here without a game uh, until Sunday after a grueling schedule. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, happy to be here. Ah, it's a blast to get to talk to you. What do you get to do on your on your downtime here? Obviously practicing, but do you get a little bit of a break here with games not all week long? Yeah, for sure. Uh, as a soccer player, sometimes you have uh, a lot of free days. Sometimes you have, always have a lot of practice. But uh, in my free time, um, I spend a lot of time with my teammates, uh, especially the guys who maybe uh, don't have family like I do. So, yeah, I... Spend a lot of time with them, and I always find a good way to spend my free time here. So, yeah. All right. So, who's the most fun guy on the team? <laughs> <laughs> That's always uh, a good question. Uh, I would say uh, Sergio Santos is definitely a really funny guy. Uh, but we have a lot of, I would say, funny guys in the team. But uh, Sergio is always uh, really funny. He has a good attitude. Is always positive and you. Uh, always brings a smile on your face if you come to the locker room and see him so i would say it's uh, it's him you know you talk about the the players on the team you were somebody that that followed the team before you signed here and i saw you say about it the star is the team that was my impression can you talk about what it's like to be a part of that team now yeah that's true uh, and i still have this feeling um yeah like like i said the stars uh, the team and that makes us strong. Um, we always have to perform as a team. I think otherwise it's kind of difficult to, to win the games sometimes. Um, but to be part of this team is, yeah, it's it's great because I really feel comfortable with all the guys. It's like, I would say, uh, a, a big family, uh, the staff, the coaches and the players. We are like one uh, big group. Um, and it means a lot for me that I settled down so well because for sure I'm living alone here and uh, then it's really important that you have nice teammates uh, who are there for you. So, yeah, it means a lot for me to be part of this group. You know, you talked about that you're living alone here, but from what I've read, you've actually embraced the city of Philadelphia and that you've, you've compared the city of Philadelphia to someplace back in Germany, Hamburg. So what is it about Philadelphia that you've embraced and what you like so much? Uh, it's definitely also the culture here. Like everybody's, I would say, uh, really friendly because in, in Germany, especially in the northern part of Germany, sometimes people are, I would say, a bit cold in the beginning. Uh, but here everybody's really friendly. Uh, you can do a lot of things. You also have the water next to the city, uh, which um, is also really nice. Uh, it's also, I think, from my point of view, a bit of a green city. You have, you have some parks, uh, some really nice areas. So... Yeah, there are a lot of things uh, reminding me uh, back to my days in Hamburg. You know, you and your dad, before you came here, you and your dad had a call with Ernst Tanner. What was it about that meeting that convinced you to come stateside? Yeah, uh, Jim and uh, Chris Albright were also part of this call, but I would say the whole call convinced me uh, so much because 
all of those guys were friendly and they really convinced me also with the project. They told me what uh, they expect from me, what like the plan is uh, with me here. And um, yeah, it was really convincing because everything what they told me was uh, exactly what I, what you want to hear as a player. So it was a really convincing call. And yeah, it was in the end the completely right decision to come here. All right, what were the magic words? What what did he actually <laughs> tell you that was convincing? Uh, Look at that. Uh, yeah, it was. I think um, that I I'm like uh, a, a little part they are missing right now. Like um, I don't know what they exactly said, but it was like that they have a really good group, but I could be like this little part which is really needed and uh, yeah so if a coach says that you're needed and that you maybe could help the team and it's already it was already a really good team so uh, that means also a lot if the coach is saying that so i think i think that was maybe the most important sentence and this call that uh, they they need me and i could be a really important part for them you mentioned about the coach saying you're needed and jim being a part of the meeting uh, he said about you, you're a guy who can dominate MLS games by yourself. You can shut down the top opponent. You're smart and disciplined and a team-oriented guy. What's it been like to play for Jim Curtin and with his offense? Yeah, it's, from my point of view, a great coach who's also trusting uh, young players, which is not uh, normal, some, especially in professional soccer. Um, but he's a great coach. He's talking a lot with the players. Um, and he also has a plan uh, he's exactly saying what we have to do on the field but he's also saying that in some points of the game you should like make your own decisions and i think this mix of making your like to have the free freedom of making your own decisions and the help of the coaching team is uh, what makes us strong and um, yeah i think we had a lot of really good games already for sure we also had some disappointing maybe losses or draws but i think we are on a good way and uh, it's just getting better you you've had the opportunity to see that the young players for the union have made their way to being successful here and then making their way back to europe you were playing in europe came over here but my understanding is part of why you came over here is because you think that it'll help you uh, get to a higher division in europe what is it about seeing yeah. brendan aronson's success and, and mark's success that made you want to come here yeah, that's uh, exactly what maybe also convinced me to come here because I saw that there's the chance if I do good here that there's maybe the chance one day to go back to you. But I also saw that like some players who are still here that they develop like really good. Uh, for example, Kai Wagner and uh, Jose. Uh, so many players uh, came here maybe with not a big name and now they uh, are really good players in this league. So. I saw that I could have an opportunity here to develop myself, to play, and uh, to also play a role in the team. And um, yeah, that was what uh, convinced me because uh, in Europe it's uh, sometimes really hard, especially for a young player, to break in the first team and to get uh, regularly minutes with the first team. So uh, I was convinced that this maybe would be the right step, and in the end uh, it was it. So yeah. You know, you talk about attention for international play. You made two appearances with the German under-18 youth national team. You've been with the U.S. men's national team under-20. What's that been like to, to get that opportunity to play with the crest of the country on your shirt? Uh, it's always great. Like, uh, I always uh, love to play uh, for a national team because 
uh, you see new faces and you also can uh, yeah compare yourself uh, with different players who are normally the best players of the country and uh, you can also prove yourself you can see maybe what is something I could improve or what is something I can really do good compared to the other guys so I really love to play uh, for the national team and yeah I hope I uh, can do this in the next in the next time again are you somebody that that watches soccer outside of it I mean I know I stayed up watching both Copa games the US game the Mexico game do you watch that and stay informed yeah, yeah, I, I almost uh, watch like every game uh, which is possible to watch. I also watch uh, the second league in Germany, so I have to, uh, yeah, go up uh, sometimes a bit early. But uh, I also watched, I think, almost every Gold Cup game, especially the games from the USA uh, men's national team. So, yeah, I really try to watch uh, a lot of soccer in my free time. And I think that is something which is just uh, maybe help sometimes because you can see what some really good players are doing in the game and maybe you can do it as well so it just helps and it's always yeah, nice to watch a soccer game you know we've talked to, jo to coach Curtin a number of times and he talks about pushing the action what is it like for you to have a goalie as good as Blake is so that you can trust that you can push the action and you have him back there to stop everything uh, for me he's maybe the best goalkeeper I have ever played with. Uh, he's, I would say, a really, really, really good goalkeeper because you know if there's maybe a striker going 1v1 against him, you are almost kind of sure that he's maybe saving uh, like the shoot. And so it's, it's a pleasure to have him in our goal. He's communicating. He's also a veteran, so he can help the young players to uh, settle down sometimes. And, uh, yeah, he's always... Always great, and uh, it's a pleasure that he's our goalkeeper, and I uh, really like and love to play with him. If people could know one thing about you, that off the pitch, what would you want them to know about? Uh, I would say uh, friendly and respectful, because uh, I try to uh, yeah, handle every person the same. Like it does not matter for me if somebody's maybe a professional soccer player or just maybe the guy who's cleaning up the locker room. Uh, I try to handle every person the same. And, uh, yeah, I would say friendly and respectful is maybe most important. So so the other question that I had for you is for most people that don't know this, you don't have the typical Texas accent. Um, no, you, I But you were born in Texas and, 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 then, yeah. and then moved when you were young to Germany. Did you follow, when you moved back to Germany, did you follow American sports? Did you follow any teams from Houston from where you were? Yeah, uh, I was uh, following, uh, I would say, the Houston Texans. Uh, it was kind of hard the last season, but uh, the seasons before were quite good, so it will be interesting how the next one will be, but uh, especially the Houston Texans, because uh, the NFL is also really big in Europe now, especially in Germany. So I was following the Houston Texans, but uh, yeah, that, that's it. But I would say I really followed them really close. So yeah. Well, we're we're gonna have Boston Scott on running back for the Eagles on soon. If you want, maybe we yeah. can hook maybe we can hook it up. He he came to the Union game a couple of weeks ago, so maybe maybe yeah. he can return the favor and you guys can go over to the Eagles game. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to watch a game uh, if there's a chance. Uh, 
in September or the month uh, after September, I definitely want to uh, watch a game in person. So, yeah, I will definitely try to watch one. You know, you mentioned coming to September, you've got CONCACAF, your next matchup coming up before we let you go. What's that experience like to have this team be able to play at that high level against the teams you've played and, and what are you looking forward to in the next matchup? Yeah, it's uh, it's a great opportunity, I think, for us as players, but also for the club. I think it's maybe the biggest games uh, in the history of the club and we definitely want to prove everybody that we are a good team and that we uh, are a tough op- opponent to play against. And uh, I think we we just can like win because I think there are a lot of people who are saying, yeah, we, we won't have a chance. So I think that we definitely want to prove everybody wrong. And uh, I think that will be a tough challenge for us. But uh, with this team, I think everything is possible. So, yeah, it will be definitely interesting to play against such a good opponent. Well, we look forward to following you and what the team does. Thanks so much for giving us a little time here. Enjoy the time and have a good game this weekend. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Take care. All right. Jeff, uh, he's, he loves Philadelphia. He definitely enjoys it here, and he's been a great fit for the team. He really has. You know, I, at, at the beginning of the season, it's so hard to tell with some of these guys that come over from other teams how they're going to fit in. And soccer is one of those sports that you really do have to integrate the players and just see if the pieces fit. And, and he seems, as the season has gone on, to really fit into what maybe, and I, and I was a skeptic too. Anytime the, the general manager or the coach is telling me this is how they're going to fit, you're not going to see it in the first couple of games. So you sit there and go, what are they talking about? And then as the season goes on, you see the vision. And that's one of the things that I have liked most about having Ernst Tanner here is that he seems to have a vision and he does a ton of tape review to figure out who those people. My favorite story, though, of his tape review is the guy who sent him tape that was sped up. So his shot looked quicker. <laughs> but but with regard to this, he seems to know exactly what he's looking for and what the component is that he needs to fit in. And so when when you start, it, unlike a lot of sports, and yeah, we're it, today's a trade, trade deadline. We're going to talk about that next. But a lot of sports, you expect your beginning of the year team to kind of give you a sense of where you're going to go. It seems like Ernst Tanner and the way that he, the mad scientist that he is, is that as the season goes on, he's planning on adding pieces. And so he just what added you, another one. Exactly. So you don't really know from the beginning of the season to the end what you're going to get. What we did know is we were losing two really good players, and they said, trust us, we're, we're okay. And they still have all these guys in the pipeline that aren't getting time, like Paxton Aronson and, you, and, you, and, and Quinn, but you're seeing them get a little more time, and you're seeing them add these pieces from abroad. They're 6-5-5 five, and five on the season now. They're in third place in the East, but they've gone through a stretch without Andre Blake, without Corey Burke. They'll get those players back. Yeah, not because of injury. No, the, now that the yeah. U.S. has eliminated uh, Jamaica this week, they'll be able to come back and they'll be playing in the game on Sunday. Have you watched at all the U.S. Uh, soccer? Uh, you've been busy. No, I, have, I haven't watched the Gold Cup. They beat Qatar last night, one nothing. They'll play Mexico on Sunday in the final. So somebody's got to explain to me why why Qatar is in this. Because they're hosting the World Cup. This is a tune-up. That's the only reason. Oh. They're like buying a team and hosting the World <laughs> Cup. That's literally. And like every sign around the stadium on the boards is Qatar Airways. Right. Literally the whole thing is like an advertisement <laughs> for Qatar and the World Cup being there. 
So, so they bought themselves into a tournament. They made it to the semifinals. Nice. So, you know, they and they played well. well to, but... Whether they are, they're good or not doesn't mean that they should be in it. It's like, you know, a little, little league team plays in a tournament that's supposed to be for a certain level and somebody comes in that's better than them. It doesn't make it right that they should be there in the first place. Look, this isn't the, you know, most important tournament out there. And this isn't their best roster. They don't have Christian Pulisic. They don't have other players. But they've got some younger guys out there who are really making a name for themselves, including Matt Turner, the goalie, who may have moved himself up to on the depth chart just by the way that he's played here. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you'll see with the depth that they have coming out of it, they'll play Mexico on Sunday. A lot of pressure on both of these teams. Burhalter wants to beat Mexico to reinforce that the system's working. Are we going to have any problems with the, with the fans from Mexico again? They, they had to delay the game again the other day. <sighs> That's why I'm asking. It's, yeah, it's, it's concerning. It's, it's every game. They mm -hmm. have they have homophobic chants, and it, it is stopped, and, and soccer's only thing that they do really as punishment is take a break. It's really all not right. Enough. Well, why don't we talk all the, about all the deals, including all the ones that the Phillies didn't make and the ones that they made and then had to rescind. They're making huge deals now, Jeff. Huge. Huge. Okay. Well, they got two pitchers. Where do you and, want and to the, start? And they're meh. They're not bad pitchers. I mean, they're okay pitchers. Let's. I mean, let's start with what they got. They got Kyle Gibson, who's a 33-year-old starter. Who's having probably his best or one of his best seasons? He's a he's a four point four ERA guy during his career, but this year he's got a two and a half ERA, okay. and he started nineteen starts. He's not quite Jose Barrios that the Blue Jays got, right? No, he's not. Okay, just checking. He's better than Tyler Anderson, who they got and then didn't get. And didn't get right. What did you think of that? Uh, that was that was baffling. Who then? Because you texted me and you're like, he made the trade, and then it's like, that's it. He better not text me any more trades because they don't happen. <laughs> and then. So then what happened was they actually made a trade today for a minor league pitcher to send the catcher that they were sending in the deal, the other piece of it, to the Pirates. The, the one who didn't pass the physical? Who, no, who did pass the physical. Oh, he the pitcher passed? Who didn't, oh, okay. It was Christian Sanchez, or, oh, okay. or Christian somebody who didn't pass the physical right. for it. Okay, uh, you also have Freddie Galvis returning to the Phillies. That was what I was trying to show you. So, so, so does that mean Didi no longer will start? I have no idea. I don't know what this team Because Freddie's hurt anymore. right now. I, I, well, so I'm not sure he's out right now. Yeah, so for how long? Uh, you you talk. And oh, I'll, it, I'll look. For okay, it. but he's out right now. So and what what is Freddie going to do? For, uh, look, I liked Freddie when he was here, but what is he going to do for this team? Where exactly? Middle infield was not what they needed. They needed pitching. So you're saying he's not quite Joey Gallo to the Yankees? Well, look, Joey Gallo's is is Dave Kingman of this era, <laughs> except he can field better. So I'm not I'm not so sure I, I I wouldn't have wanted Joey Gallo that wasn't the guy that I wanted. You wanted Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, and I wanted Chris Bryant. And Chris Bryant. And going they could and they could the have Alec Bohm. That would have been okay for. And I would rather them have traded Alec Bohm than trade Spencer Howard. They didn't want to part with Alec Bohm, and I still don't understand that because. You and I have sat at games since Alec Bohm was drafted, mm -hmm. where scouts for teams, reporters I who watch him, him, former coaches, mm -hmm. have talked about his defensive challenges of his and the holes yeah. in his swing, mm -hmm. though he will have power to have doubles or whatever it is. But he hasn't shown the power. He hasn't shown yes, the power. Yes, he hit a home run. And he yeah. has shown the struggles in the field that everybody expected. Right. Now, look, Reese Well, the whole, the whole infield has shown the struggle. Well, the whole left side of the infield has shown the struggle. Which is sort of my problem with getting Kyle Gibson. I saw a tweet about that. You get a ground ball pitcher for the worst <laughs> infield that can't field ground balls. 
<laughs> like, you're just setting yourself up for more errors. Well, let's hope they hit it to first base. The Phillies have trailed by at least four runs in the first four innings in five of their last eight games. Yeah, yeah. but then they, then they come back and do what they did yesterday. So all is good in the world, right? And then blow it again. Yeah, but they, they won. They did win yesterday. Yeah. They're, they're 51. They didn't blow it in that game. They blew it in the, the earlier game. They're 51-51, and 51, three and a half games back of the Mets, who are the only team above 500 in the division. So we saw the division the, stinks. Oh my God, does yeah. the division stink? Uh-huh. Which I guess is why they're buying. Yeah, but here, here's but the even thing: even if they win the division, they're not going to beat. Look, the Dodgers' rotation is going to be Walker, Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, and Kershaw. Max Kershaw, Kershaw is now going to be the number the three third pitcher starter yeah. in a series. Uh-huh. And the Phillies are trading for minor league pitchers, thinking that this is going to help. Well, see, but the, here be real. Well, because here's what they should be doing now. They should be looking at next season and the season after. And so ask yourself, did this trade help with those seasons? Because you are not beating the Dodgers. You're not beating the Padres. You're not beating the Giants. Gibson is here for another year. So what that does is Vinny Velasquez isn't in your rotation He's 33 at this point. He's still signed for another year. So That's not looking. I didn't say it was a good pitcher for a year. I said he signed for a year. Yeah. No, well, but that's not thinking about the future. And he's having his best season that he's had in a really long time. But he's 33. I know. And their closer they just got is 36. I mean, when they, when I heard Ian Kennedy, I said, he's still in the league? <laughs> that, that's not the trades that you need to make. You need to get young players that are going to be under contract for a while. I know Eric Alec Bohm fits that mold, but if you could get Chris Bryant instead, I'd rather have Chris Bryant for the next three to five years. Look, you know how I feel about this team. I just don't think they're good enough anyway. So I would have preferred to trade people off. Their offense is just 10 for their last Tra- Wait, but, but what, what would your plan be? I would trade any veteran that has value. For what? For anything. For See, but any th- that's, that's not a good attitude to have. The attitude should be to trade with keep, a plan. Are you going to keep you Gene just Segura, trade for, Are you going to keep Gene Segura after this season? Yes. Why? He's You don't want him here. Really? Why not? He's a 300 hitter who plays well at second base. Who you complain is lazy at times and doesn't I haven't. Not well. this year. I haven't said not that. Not this year. Not this year. So you want him back he's next year. He's trimmed down. He's playing better. Okay, so you want him back next yes. year. Is Andrew McCutcheon going to be back next year? No. You have guys that have value, and you're not going anywhere. They may not have a ton yeah, but, of value, but, but get no, something. No, my, my issue is, just like when people call these kind of shows, is, is when you don't have a plan. It's You just said, just trade them well, for anything. that's the larger problem, is they but don't you have said a plan. That. You said, trade them for anything. I will give that's you an example not what you of do. the Phillies not having a plan. Yeah. Is Spencer Howard a starter or a reliever? Well, he's going to be a starter when he gets to his new team. You mean when a team actually stretches him out the yeah. appropriate way and doesn't yo-yo him? And how, what have we talked about with managers and coaches? You mm-hmm. need to give somebody a role. Mm-hmm. You need to let them know that what they're going to do, when they're going to do it, and how That's they're going to do it. That's my bullpen theory. Have they given yeah. any consistency to Spencer Howard at all no, since he's come it, up with this team? No, even he said that. The I, team has acknowledged that. And then they said they were sending him to the Myers to stretch him out and let him go. And then they brought him back up. I don't understand. And then they have him pitch three innings, and the second they, they see anything go wrong, they take him out of the game. He didn't even have anything go wrong. He pitched three good innings. No, the last time he, he, the that last he did time. go. Yeah, the he gave up runs. that, he had pitched three innings and hadn't given anything up and looked good. So I don't under, I told you this before. I don't understand the larger thing about this team. You have to, watch, <laughs> you have to wonder whether the, the management factored in yesterday. I know Harper says he's going to play, and Hoskins says he's going to play. Right. Harper tweaked his back yesterday. Hoskins tweaked his groin yesterday. Eflin is now out with his knee still. 
So Sounds does, like a plan. I think that means you get to see <laughs> Vinny V starting again tonight, Jeff. No. no. <laughs> I think so. No, 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 no. I think so. I will not. I'm going to leave it on that. Why don't we hit the break? When we come back, we'll talk to Boston Scott. Stick with us. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. Ready to talk again? You you have trades. You have the draft last night. And and on one of the sports networks, one of the headlines is now that they're destroying the Bob Kraft massage parlor video. (laughs) I I could laugh for the next hour on that. (laughs) Is that news? What is that news? Do you really think that one of those that that video is not going to show up somewhere? Oh, it's definitely who's gonna, destroying it's it. It's definitely going to show up somewhere. <laughs> All right, let's get to, to some football talk before we get to our Boston Scott interview. We did talk to him the other day before training camp started. Yes. So just so everybody knows, we mm-hmm. we have that. But some, because training camp, we we wanted to work around his training. Yeah, camp. around his training camp yeah. schedule. So um, training camp has opened. Are you excited? Let the overreactions begin, Jeff. About what? Everything. Well, what's do you have one? Oh, take your pick. What's uh, happened? What's happened to training camp that people are going to overreact to so far? Uh, Jalen Rager Here. failed his conditioning test, and so did Dallas Goddard. Uh-oh. Now, apparently, Dallas Goddard did it because he turned the wrong way during yeah. the drill. But Jalen Rager, apparently, there's actually a problem. Like he's not in the best shape. They've said he has a lower body injury, but he's dealing with the loss of a close friend. Yeah, and apparently having problems, so he hasn't been. As much Brandon Brooks tweaked his so hand. So they're not going to cut him the way that the Giants cut Kelvin Benjamin. And you texted me the you other day. You got very upset about that. So for our because you don't know the backstory of Kelvin Benjamin. I don't care the backstory. It was a he deserved to it exactly. You you are a, you are the definition of somebody who buys the clickbait. Haven't we realized so, that I'm the person yes. that watches G League at the middle in the middle of the summer. Yes. I'm the person who watches preseason and so, Thursday night football. So, so and I'm the guy that clicks yes. on the ridiculous so let's, headlines. So let's clue people in: is that you decided to send me an article saying what's wrong with the Giants and your and your reason for saying what's wrong with the Giants is because Joe Judge went up to Kelvin Benjamin, who has a long history of showing up overweight, which is why he went from number one uh, first-round draft pick as a wide receiver to trying to get back in the league as a tight end because he can't get down in weight, and he showed up overweight, and Joe Judge walked up to him. I guess he said something, and he said, that's it, go home. I'm just trying to send you an update because you said you turned your alerts off because of the Olympics when I blew yeah, up. Yeah, but the there's spot nothing. They, but that there's nothing which, wrong with what what he did. I also didn't know that Jeff had turned off his alerts to watch the Olympics. <laughs> I have no idea how he gets no updates. He says it, it's because he works during the day. So, and nobody talks to him about what goes on at all. N- nobody in my, in my law office talks to me about the Olympics. Well, you what's going on? Because because as you said, nobody's watching it you, because of the time difference and because. For some reason, they don't seem to be advertising it anywhere that I've seen. I can't, I have Peacock and yeah. I have Comcast. Yeah, and but I still can't. Why do you have find... Peacock? Do you have Peacock because you wanted to see Matt Muerling in his first at bat? No, you got Peacock because got... of that. I have Peacock <laughs> because I I watch wrestling, and so that's that's why I have Peacock for the WWE Network. But I happen to be able to watch the Olympics. Yeah. 
I can't figure out what's on when. Like, you look on Comcast, and it says, like, men's archery's on, and it's women's water polo. Yeah. Or, or what like, station each thing is on, and some of them say live, and then some of them... Here's the trick This that, is the oldest I've felt in the conversation that yeah. we've had ever, by the way. I'm Here, bitching that I can't find a channel on here's, the TV. Here's, here's the most annoying thing they do for everybody that's listening. If you want to know if it's live or not, when it says new... Does not mean live. It means that you didn't see it in the morning. I love this. This is their new thing. Is I'm like, why does it say new? Which I didn't know. Like I, I did not know that you were not watching the U.S. basketball game at six o'clock in the morning. I figured maybe you're a lunatic like me and you got up to watch that. And then when I texted no. you the score that they got that they lost to France, you were like, No, why are you telling me. It's... I want to watch this in real time. To which I then asked you, did it ever actually appear on TV? Because it was supposed to be replayed at midnight on, on NBC Peacock. Sports Network, and it never <laughs> appeared there. That's right. So I couldn't have blown up your spot anywhere. Don't worry, Jeff. I, so, okay. And you ruined it because then I wanted to watch them lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? You, were you, you actually saved me two hours because at that point I was like, well, why am I going to watch this? We'll get back to the Olympics in a minute. Uh, there are reactions to Nick Sirianni. Uh, they're going to tackle sleep. They're going to tackle everything. Uh so of course, How do you tackle sleep. Uh, I don't know. He's a passionate coach, Jeff, and that's what he said <laughs> at his press conference. So of course, if you listen to the hot takes, it's this guy can't be real. He's doing this, blah blah blah. But it's, I mean, when we talk to Boston, he seems to like him, and other players seem to say really good things about him. So yeah, and far. remember, we had we had Dave Spadaro on shortly after he w he was uh, hired and said that the players will run through a wall for him. And that's isn't that all you really want? You want to you want two things. You want well maybe three. You want a coach who actually can do the X's and O's. Second, you want a, one that the players are behind and will do anything for. And third, you actually want them to know how to use clock management. So <laughs> since, that's since the Eagles seen. have a long history of coaches that don't do clock management, if Sirianni can do that in the first game, then he will win over the city. The, the bar is low here, Jeff. Why don't we go to our interview with Boston Scott? We'll talk more when we come back. Here it is. All right. We're here with Philadelphia Eagle Boston Scott as training camp is about to start. Boston, how you doing? Good, good. How y'all doing? Well, we're doing well, but we're not reporting to training camp tomorrow. But before we get to... <laughs> so, so, so we won't be hurting this week like you will. So before we get, before we get to the aches and pains of training camp, we, we wanted to ask you what you were doing in the offseason, but we kind of know some of the stuff you were doing because the reason that you're on today is because we happened to see you at a Philadelphia Union game. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. It's been it's been a good off season, man. I uh, uh, I've been down in Louisiana for a good a good part of it. Uh, I started working out uh, back around February, uh, beginning of February, uh, and uh, ever since then I've just been I've been grinding, getting it in. But uh, I've been having some family stuff down there, and uh, now I have just one place, which is in Philadelphia. So uh, I came up around. I don't know, early June, mid to early June, and uh, I've been here ever since. So uh, I've just been getting work in at the facility, uh, getting in some uh, workouts and some time with uh, Jay Hertz, and uh, just been wanting to work on that chemistry as much as I can. Well, since since you have to start, once you start training camp, you have to eat a certain way. Since you've been up there, up here, have you had a chance to eat a couple cheesesteaks before you get started with the work? <laughs> I had one. I had one. Yeah, I was wondering I about. That. I was wondering if you ate that because your mom's a dietitian, so I didn't know if, right. if like, 
shy away from right. that? Or, or, or yeah, make you sure you don't tell them. Make sure you don't tell them. Nah, it's all about it's all about moderation, man. It's, it's you know, even even the junk food is on the food pyramid, but it's just you know how much you how much you eat it. You know what I'm saying? So it's all about just being able to be disciplined, you know, and not make that a big part of your diet. Yeah. So so how disciplined do you have to be when your mom is a dietitian and you're from Louisiana? Yeah. Whenever I was in New Orleans, uh, they weren't worried about you know. You know, the condition, they were worried about you gaining weight, keeping your weight in check. You, you had to make sure that you kept that in check. Because if you didn't, yeah, it's real easy, especially with the culture and obviously good food down in, uh, down in the South, man. It's, it's easy to get caught up in that for sure. What's it like to get back to some level of normal after everything that happened last season, getting back to training camp, getting back into it all? What's that like for you? Oh, uh, man, it's... it's the biggest part of it, man, is just being able to be around the guys. You know, I was actually uh, getting my hair cut this morning, and I, we were just talking about how, you know, after after a walkthrough or, you know, uh, the Friday before a game, man, we would, um, you know, there would be a group of guys that would sit and we'd like, you know, just do things like play the game in the rec room. You know what I mean? And we didn't really, we didn't really have an opportunity to do that over the uh, past couple of years. And so, you know, just being able to get back to things like that, you know, are, are huge as far as, like, the team aspect and building that chemistry. You know, we talk about, you know, Coach Sirianni talks about connecting, you know what I mean? And I feel like we had a lot more opportunities to do that when things were a little bit more normal. So I'm glad we're uh, kind of transitioning back into somewhat of a normal, you know, normal state. Well, you're not only transitioning with regard to getting back to a normal state, you're transitioning with a new coaching staff. What's mm-hmm. it been like trying, especially with everything with the pandemic and not being able to get together as much in the off season, what's it been like connecting with your new head coach and the staff? Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been really good, man. It's, it's, you know, they've brought a lot of energy, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of teaching, very detail oriented, you know, um, being with, Jamal Singleton in the small time that I have, man, he's he's definitely you can definitely tell uh, quickly that he's a he's a great teacher, very to the point, very detail oriented, and uh, that's just you know it starts from the very top, and that's with uh, Coach Sirianni. So, you know, I'm excited about you know uh, learning learning more about the system, you know, but that's what it is right now. You know, we're learning, and I'm excited about the pieces we have, and uh, I'm excited to see it all you know kind of come together. So are we. I'm curious, the fewer preseason games this year, an extra regular season game, does that impact the players, the preparation at all? Or you just go about your business the same way it is? Uh, it's about business as usual. You know what I mean? I, I think that, you know, with us being at the, the top level, uh, we got to be able to adapt. We got to be able to adjust. You know what I mean? Those things are very important. Uh, and so, with, with the schedule, you know, with the three preseason games, it's going to be a little bit more of a crunch to, you know, bring this thing together. But I truly believe that we're all professionals and we'll be able to get it done. Well, this season you're going to have Jalen Hurts hopefully under center. What, it, what have you guys been talking about and what's the plan for this year to make sure that he's successful and everybody else around him is successful? Um, you know, just being just being a student of the game, man. Just continuing to learn. Like we all gotta, we, we're all in this together, man. We all have to continue to push each other, hold each other accountable. You know what I mean? And we're all, we're. I mean, everybody's talented. You know what I mean? You're you're in the National Football League. That means you have talent. 
you know, but the things that keep you in, you know, a locker room, the things that keep you on the field, you know, are, are the little things, the intangibles, you know, your attitude day in and day out. Are you willing to learn? Are you willing to continue to learn? You know, are you willing to put the work in to correct the mistakes, you know, that may happen in the game? And so I think it's just all about us continuing to stay close-knit regardless of what happens, you know, the ups, the downs, just staying, just staying close-knit, you know, and just continue to grow, to grow together and push towards that goal. Jalen Hurts has been successful at a couple different schools in college. What is it about him that makes him the consummate leader? Mm-hmm. I think his, his maturity, man, you know, uh, the times that we've had to kind of get together and um, throw and all that kind of stuff, uh, sometimes you kind of forget, you know, how young he is, you know what I mean, just because of his demeanor and how he carries himself. Um, but I definitely think that um, him going through what he did at Alabama and Oklahoma, you know, he, he was, you know, man, that humility, you can just you can just feel it. You can feel that humility that he's – you know, he's been, he knows what it's like to be an underdog. He knows what it's like to, you know, have, have your job taken. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I was in the same position. You know what I mean? And so just kind of having that underdog mentality, you kind of have to have that, you know, that internal flame, that internal fire. You know, every time I, you know, every time I've been able to get together with him, man, I, I feel it. You know, I see it. You know, he's, he's dedicated. He's committed. You know what I mean? And so those are all the attributes that, that you need in a leader, you know? And so, you know, I'm, I'm excited for him, man. Like I said, it's, it's going to be a process. We're all, we all got to continue to grow and learn the system and everything like that. But, you know, I think if we all stay together, like I said, I mean, I, I, I truly believe that there's going to be some good things that happen this year. You know, for people who have only seen coach Sirianni in press conferences, What's he like when we don't see him? I mean, he seems like an energetic guy, real excited. What's he like for you as a player that we don't necessarily get to say? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that he's an authentic guy. You know, what you see in the press conferences is what you, you know, what he, what he brings to the field. You know, he brings energy. He brings passion. You know what I mean? And I think he kind of embodies, you know, Philadelphia, you know, because that's what, that's what the, the fan base is, is passionate. So that's what I get from him. You know, really highly intelligent, very smart. You know, he, he takes the details very, very seriously because he understands. You know, that's that's what you know a, a key part of like championship teams, man. That's the guys that are able to resort to the fundamentals and high pressure situations. That's what it's all about. You know what I mean? Because like I said, everybody's got the talent. So just his attention to detail, his uh, you know, his willingness to teach. You know, uh, I think I think it's I think it's pretty cool to see. You know, and I, I'm looking forward to working with him this year. What do you guys? So you're going to be hitting training camp this week. Mm-hmm. You guys are going to be tired. You're going to be working hard. Do you have any plans to like blow off steam as a team? Like, do you guys get together or do you just go home, lay in bed, and wait for practice in the next day? Yeah, so that that's kind of what I was talking about with like the COVID thing. You know, and, and I'll, it, it, I think. Uh, we're one of the teams in the league that has a higher uh, percentage of vaccinated players. And so I think with that, uh, some of our protocols will kind of be eased. But, um, you know, hopefully we're able to incorporate some of those, you know, team building uh, things like whenever things were a little more normal. Um, but, you know, just you, you kind of get an idea of, you know, I think that's going to be a big part of Coach Sirianni just how he would uh, conduct, like, the, the meetings uh, on Zoom. You know, he found ways to make it engaging. You know, he would do videos. He would do competition. 
you know, and even on the last day of like uh, OTAs, you know, he found a way to, you know, it, we're always having fun, but he, he found a way to bring in competition and make it fun. Whether it was between players or coaches or whatever, you know what I mean? So I think that's a big part of, you know, uh, what he does. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm honestly excited to see what he has up his sleeve because, you know, I know he's got some good stuff. So, okay, what's next? You, you get there. How how impatient do you get for the season to start? Is it you get there and you're like, all right, I'm I'm ready, I'm done? Or do you, it, for you, is it really important now with new coaching staff to really be able to implement the system and understand now with everything being a little different terminology, everything like that? Yeah, I definitely think that there's a process, man. I think there's definitely a process and there's definitely like levels to it. You know what I mean? You don't want to come in and just be over the top. You know what I mean? Just and burn out quickly. You know what I mean? I think that it should be just a gradual building up as you go into the season and then you just let it out on the field. Now, preseason, I'm not taking that any lighter than any other game of the year. Like, every game that I play, I'm going to play it like it's my last game. You know what I mean? So, I'm, when I'm out there, when I'm on the field, and I don't care what the situation is. Like, it could be first quarter, quarter fourth quarter. I don't I don't care, bro. I love the game of football. And so, you're going to get the best F out of me regardless of what situation I'm in. I I don't care. You know what I mean? And I think that's just part of what it is, man. But I definitely think there's levels to it. You know what I mean? And so just trusting the process, continuing to learn as much as you can, correct those mistakes and do the best you can not to be, you know, Coach Sirianna calls it like a repeat offender. You don't want to remake the mistakes that you that you make, you know, because you will make mistakes. You know what I mean? So just being able to bounce back from that and learn, I think is just very important. That's what I'm going to be – focused on and that's what I think everybody's gonna be focused on you don't get a little nervous using a phrase like trust the process in Philadelphia <laughs> <laughs> nah man I think I think it, it's definitely cliche you know and all that kind of stuff but I think it's just it's true man I mean that's just that's what I've had to do you know what I'm saying as a walk-on you know buried on the depth chart pretty much on every level you know every level that I play football I've been buried on the depth chart in some kind of way and just you know, kind of had to just keep grinding until I got my opportunity and just kind of ran with it. So it's really, you know, God really taught me about trusting the process. and It's it's real. It's real. Where does that love of football for you come from? When, when, when you have, when you have to get up the next morning with all the aches and pains and after a loss or after a win and all of that, where does it come from for you? to just wake up the next day and say, I still love this and want to do it today and tomorrow and next week and, and for the foreseeable future of my life. Yeah, I think, you know, it's a lot, there's a lot of things that go into it, man. You know, I, I love the game. You know, I love the game itself. I mean, I love watching Darren Sproles. I love watching, you know, watching highlights of Barry Sanders and these different running backs. My dad was a, a running back. Uh, my brother played football. And so, uh, just being able to compete, man, against the best of the best, man. It truly is a dream come true. You know what I mean? That's that's that is what I love to do. I I feed off of the competition, you know, and that's always going to be the case. You know what I'm saying? But there's also other factors that play into it. You know what I mean? Like God has blessed me with, you know, the work ethic. I won't necessarily say like I'm super talented, but I definitely believe that I'm skilled, and that's because of my work ethic. You know what I mean? And so He's blessed me with that, and so I definitely want to use it. You know use it until I can't anymore, you know, and I have, you know, a family that I want to take care of, you know what I'm saying? I want to represent, you know, my state, you know, I want to represent the people that, that have believed in me, you know what I mean? There have been people that have put 
you know, labels on me that have said I'm this, that have said I'm that, you know, people that are counting me out, that, you know what I mean, like I'm a practice guy, all that kind of stuff. You know, I see, I've seen it all. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm doing this to prove the people that believe in me right. You know, I, I feel like this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to have a platform like this. So I'm just looking to, to maximize on it, you know what I mean? And so it doesn't matter what the role is, you know, I just want to be the best at what I do. So just being able to compete against the best of the best, man, it doesn't, it doesn't get any better than this. Well, I don't think there's any better place for us to leave it than there. Boston, we wish you the best of luck with camp. Look forward to seeing you out there on the field. Always appreciate the time you give us. Thanks so much and good luck. Appreciate it. Jeff, I'm glad we were able to catch up with him. It was fun to get to talk to him. And, you know, we weren't necessarily expecting to talk to him before camp. And like you said, we go to the Union game, and who do we see on TV? Boston Scott's hanging out yep. sidelines. Mm -hmm. So the, the Eagles are going to have to return the favor. Th that's right. They, they you, know, you know, it's always good when, like, the, the different teams have players. From, like, the Sixers always have the Union guys. I like and when they're the, ringing the bell. I like when the teams have camaraderie. Yeah. It's fun. Mm -hmm. uh, he talked about Jalen Hurts a little bit. He talked about Nick Sirianni a little bit. No, he didn't talk about who Carson Wentz. I would, but I know you want to. I wouldn't about expect Carson him to. Uh, but there is some news, unfortunately, for Eagles fans and for Carson Wentz. Uh, he missed practice today with a foot injury. He's considered out indefinitely as they're evaluating the severity and their next move. So that doesn't sound good for the people who uh, are counting on a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. He has to play in like 70 or 80% of the games. And what, happen what happens if he doesn't? It's a second-round pick. It doesn't convey as a first. So it just doesn't have the value. But part of, like, whether you agree or disagree with the conversation around Deshaun Watson, right. the conversation is always the Eagles have three first-round picks. Mm-hmm. To send, well, that's no, they may not. contingent on Carson Wentz playing football. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't play football, that's a, a totally different story right there. Jeff, let's leave football there for now. Uh, I want to talk about one of your favorite nights of the year, the NBA draft. Actually, I enjoyed the draft last night. I know you did, which shocked uh, me. But, uh, and I think part You're of it You're not normally was... a draft liker. No, I'm not. <laughs> but but I, I like... I like the way they did it. I like the. I did not like the ESPN broadcast. I like the ABC broadcast. I think it, look, J, Jalen Rose is a is a really good personality. That Wait, they have on you it. like a Michigan uh, commentator on I, TV? I did not mention anything about Michigan. You got to admit he he, <laughs> he is, is good. He's very good. Yeah, and he's so I I thought that they did it well. I thought the draft was done well, and I think the players were just likable. I mean, I got to tell you. Watching Cade Cunningham yesterday, I've never seen a guy that young do everything right. Like, he said all the right things. I mean, the second he said, he said, I'm all in with Detroit. Not just the, not just the team. You don't hear the, many people say that but that the, often. Yeah, but, no, but the whole thing. He just he said it all right, and he seems to have the skills to back it up. I mean, the Pistons might have gotten, they're going to turn their system around. Sam Presti collected more draft picks for the Oklahoma <laughs> City Thunder. Uh, he just compiles draft picks. He man. is he is making our version of the process look just like a, a look, poor I'm, man's version. I'm huh? just going to throw this out there. Yeah. He's made deals with Daryl Morey before for big name players for James Harden for Russell Westbrook. They have cap room and they have a lot of draft picks. But if that's what that, the Sixers that, are asking for. But that's not what the Sixers need. They this, need to win now. But apparently, according to Keith Pompey, they're looking for four first-round picks and two established players. They're, they're which I, look, you're the negotiator, all, okay? Yeah, go ahead. You're the negotiator. You're Let the me attorney who talk. does this. I'm yeah. just the communicator. Uh -huh. I know that you start great high communicator. in a negotiation. Yeah. That seems a little bit 
out of range. Well, no. So, so what I think he's doing is he's setting the market because if, if you go and you take the first deal and it doesn't work out, you're going to constantly hear, look, you could have gotten more. So you aim high. They got plenty of time to trade him. They didn't trading him on draft day wasn't going to matter one way or the other. I didn't think they were going to trade him by draft yeah. day. So he's asking for clearly what he knows he's not going to get. Now the question is, will he continue to do that, or is he really just asking for the sky but waiting for two people? Is it, I mean, don't ideally what you think I think, or at least not what I think he's doing, is he wants either Bradley Beal, because Bradley Beal can't want. To stay he in said Washington. he wants to stay in Washington I know he now. said it. He says all the right things, just like Dame Lillard does as well. Do you think Dame Lillard wants to stay in Portland if Portland's going to be like this? See, Dame Lillard's just a team. I don't think the Sixers have enough to get him. I don't think the Sixers are going to be able to trade Ben for an established star like that. Well, Because I don't think any other team's going to value but, him but like that's that. What, but that's what he's looking for. And so all these other asks are, hey, if I could get something even better than that, I'll ask for it, but what I'm realistically looking for is Bradley Beal or Dame Lillard. So that, do you those think are clearly the target. More or less likely that Bradley Beal gets traded after Russell Westbrook was sent to the Lakers. Yesterday. I don't know what I, what I know is that Russell Westbrook had the reports were is that Westbrook had been talking to Beal for days about what Beal's future was, and then all of a sudden Russell, Russell Westbrook gets traded. Now Russell Westbrook gets traded a lot. So, I mean, I think this will be his fourth opening day team in four years. So so he's got a lot of jerseys in his closet. Let's talk about what the Sixers did yesterday. We talked about what they didn't do. They traded yeah. cash to New Orleans for the 53rd pick. They drafted a guy with a great last name, Jaden uh, I was Springer waiting for this. I can't, I can't believe we made it almost 50 minutes without you mentioning his last look, name. I told you before the show, if I wouldn't look like a Noopa Loompa in an mm. NBA jersey, I definitely would go out and finally get something with my jersey name Jersey time. It. Yeah, right? I'm mm-hmm. going to have to go find a jersey. There you go. They drafted Philip Petrosev with the 50th pick. He was a Serbian power forward who played in the KK Mega Basket League. And he then, can play center, too. And then Charles Bassey, a Nigerian-born center who played at Western Kentucky. And then they did sign one of the— A hilltopper. One of the top sort of undrafted players, apparently Aaron Henry, to a two-way contract, a 6'6 wing out of Michigan State. Okay. So that's what they did yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's not like they have a lot of openings for young guys right now. Here. No, but what they did do is they got two backup centers in the second round. And I think one of those could stick on the team. Which leads to Daryl Morey talking about Joel Embiid, who is back in the gym, mm-hmm. but when asked about it and whether or not he needs knee surgery, Daryl Morey said, again, he has a plan and he looks great. I'm intentionally not answering your specific question. Does that concern you? <laughs> no, not no. at all. That's just Daryl Morey. I think he needs surgery. It's a, it's, a typical it Darryl, it's a typical Daryl Morey answer. You think he needs surgery? I'm not a doctor. I have no idea if he needs surgery. Well, wouldn't you want to get it done sooner than later if you need? You're it to assuming come back he and play? needs it. I, I don't what know. What are you basing that on? I'm not a doctor. Right. I'm far from. And you're not playing one on TV. No, not at all. Right. Did anything else grab your attention with the NBA yesterday? Uh, yeah, the, the hats. <laughs> um, we we have to do this every year. I don't understand. Every other league can figure this out. Why is it that the NBA makes these guys go on TV and wear a hat of a team they know they're not playing for? Apparently, Adam Silver didn't want to play along with the game last night. Yeah, well, he finally, as somebody said to me, he finally said something that made him likable, which is he said, oh, they just handed me this. I just read it. I just read (laughs) it. But if you know a trade's been made 
if they announce it to the point that everybody watching the broadcast knows that a guy that might have been drafted on the Knicks is really going to the Hawks, why do they make the poor guy sit there while he's doing an interview with his mom and dad there and wear the hat of the team that he's been traded away from? Like, what's the point in that? Just to piss you off. I can't be the only one. <laughs> there, there's got to be other people that just want to know what this whole thing is. There have to be other people who are confused by it. Jeff, we've got four minutes left. Yeah. Can we get back to some Olympic talk? Or do you not? Why? Because I want to know what you're watching. I didn't watch any of it this week. So you didn't watch the swimming? No, or? it's on first thing in the morning. I'm not watching that. They put I, it on in prime time again. It, I, I In the morning, I go work out, and then I go to work. I don't need to watch badminton. That's why the ratings are down 40%. Because of me. Which is 20% more than the year before. No, and I love the Olympics, but I am not watching. This is the problem, and it, it's, yes, you could say that it's, it's being U.S.-centric or whatever you want to say because I want it in my time zone. But the way that it works now is it's for some reason they're not communicating to the masses when these things are on or people don't care. I don't know which one it is, but either way, it's not good for them. And maybe this is the reason that nobody's even bidding on the Olympics anymore. I mean, Brisbane just got the Olympics by themselves, right? Nobody bid on it. They just gave it to Brisbane. Well, people assume it's a loser because you have to invest so much. I mean, Japan's going to take a real hit for all that they've I ju- been I just building. Think, I just think this whole thing, I think that sports right now is, is you would think that more people would want to watch sports because of what happened with the pandemic, but we're in the summertime now, and people have finally, after a year and a half, been able to get outside. And so this is the worst-case scenario if, if you're the Olympics. If, everybody, if it would have been last summer— Everybody would have been watching because nobody would have been able to leave their homes. Now everybody's out and they're like, okay, well, I'm not getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning to watch the Olympics when I can go outside. Former hardest sports show guest Sam Mewis scored a goal today helping the U.S. women's team move on to the semifinals on Sunday, I believe they play next. That I will be watching. Uh, They play at 4 p.m. to try and advance to the gold. 4 p.m. Eastern. Men's basketball is Czech Republic next. That's 5 p.m. It'll air here, 4 p.m. Eastern, I think. Oh, it'll air. It'll be new here. Yeah. Is what you're saying. I have no idea. There's no way because they're 13 hours ahead. That would mean they were starting at 5 a.m. I can't figure out the time changes at all. Uh, Men's basketball has a big game against Czech Republic, got blown out against France, blew out Iran. See whether that they do. They blew out Iran. They did, and they really? celebrated it. And, and that, that's the amazing part. They we, celebrated it. We will talk more in future weeks about what's happened with women's gymnastics, but I do want to talk about it for a second. Uh, you've seen some crazy things happen with athletes stepping out, athletes stepping in and stepping up. Lots of conversations about whether the athletes should have stepped out. Uh, we've seen a mental health conversation emerge. We've also seen a new star emerge with Suni Lee winning the all-around gold, the fifth women, fifth woman to win it in a row. Uh, Jeff, your thoughts on the reaction to what happened with Simone Biles pulling out this week briefly, obviously. I think she did what she thought was right, and I think we people have to respect it. I think this is a bigger discussion than having this discussion two minutes before we go off the air. I think there's a lot here to unpack, but I think that people – who are being critical of her are being uh, very short-sighted and don't know what was going on. And I didn't want to, I know it's part of a larger conversation. I just didn't want to go off the air without mentioning it. Uh, Before we go off the air, Jeff, you were fly fishing. And loved it. 
and, and I don't know if you want to call. I'm not going to start watching fly fishing on television, just so we're clear. All right, what do you turn in the mean now? Uh, uh, <laughs> you would watch that on TV too? Look, I, I watched. You probably would. I watched like slalom kayaking the other day. But, in but the we, we, look, we, we decided to go with a guide. So we went with this guy from Zero Kill, and the guy was amazing. And, and it, it's easy to learn, it's relaxing, and it's outdoors. And I would rather do that than watch the Olympics. Well, you're going to go <laughs> have a little trip. We're going to have a best of show next week. We'll be back after that. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.